on TV, online, and on to the next one. This is EPT Not Live. And that is it. We are all out of intros. We got to record some more intros. We use a different one every week. Were you guys paying attention? I really hope so, because they're a bitch to write. Hello, my babies. I am Joe Stapleton. This is EPT Not Live. Coming up on today's show, we're going to preview Monaco. The grand finals coming up this week. We're going to go behind the scenes of another television show from EPT London. It was the bubble show. That was me pretending to do a bubble noise. We're going to have adventures in online poker. I played some of the Sundays. Another edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. I am at 3-2 and two now, back Stop on top. Stop boasting. We are going to have guest Marc-Andre Ladusor of PokerStars Team Online. And now my co-host, he's 40. He's a man. James Hardigan. Just promise me one thing, Joseph. That on today's show, we're not going to have any more dreams shared. I can promise you that, but I can't promise you that it will be any more comfortable. We have got something coming up later in the show that I think you are really going to enjoy, James Hardigan. I have to say, I didn't necessarily enjoy hearing about your sex dreams, but the audience did. Reaction to last week's show, Glenn thought it was hilarious. Glenn Weber? When Lev and her mum popped in, uh, and he says... You are not normal, Stapes. Now, this is Glenn Rune Uglund. Oh, a new Glenn. I always have love having a new Glenn. It's new Glenn day, everyone. Abraham says it was a great awkward conversation. Great awkward, isn't that an oxymoron? No. Uh, the Berries and Stapes, lol. Uh, and Bruce said the big revelation on EPT Not Live, Stapes wanks four times a day. What are you, 13? No, oh my God, at 13, it was, uh, it was way more than that. I don't know. This seems like something that I'll get cut out, but I used to do it so much at I, that age that I had a, a sore, a blister on my hand. Oh, please. On my hand. And then one day, me and a, me and another kid each saw each other's blisters at the same time, and we just kind of had like a, like a knowing glance, just kind of nodded to each other. Like, okay, yeah. I think we should go back to sharing the sex stream. That was actually <laughs> a marginally better option. Willie Elliott, by the way, a former super fan on this show, believes that he inspired the sex stream because he actually pitched you a TV show in which Uncle Daddy Stapes <laughs> dates my mom and believes that this may have, in your twisted Incepted brain... me. Yeah. But actually, I saw the date of this suggestion on Facebook, and I believe that the Liverpool sex dream predates Willie's show idea. Yeah, this is... Uh, how long ago was the show idea? Uh, this was mid-April. Yeah, no, I had this sex dream a while ago, before we even did the podcast, actually. I had uh, had it for a while. I've been kind of sitting on it, though. Thought it would make good stuff. For the show, for you kids out there. Uh, the good news is that PokerStars employees continue to listen to the show. Oh. Our, our head of PR, Michael not, Joseph. That's probably really not good. He's a little bit behind, to be oh, fair. Oh, it's he's, just Joseph. He's on episode okay. four, and uh, he he tweets, uh, just listened to episode four of EPC.Live. I uh, was impressed by Stapes asking the marital status of the EPC superfan in a non-creepy way. He must have been right about that, because I don't remember asking her. So I was definitely, like, not for myself, and therefore not creepy. <laughs> and let's give a big shout-out to Simon Baker, who says, I just listened to my first ever podcasts. They were episodes one, two, three, and four of EPT Not Live. They're hilarious and brilliant. He then says, and he's up to date. Episode five, another brilliant episode featuring Theo Jorgensen. Great job. Simon, That's hot. you are moving up the line in the queue of super fans waiting to go heads up against Stapes on this show. You know, I always get, I like Simon Baker. He seems like a super cool dude. He's always very supportive, but I always get disappointed at first when I read who's tweeted and it's Simon Baker. Who's the guy that plays the mentalist? 
Oh yeah, that's he's also Simon Baker. He right? is right, and I always wished it was the guy who played the Mentalist because I love that dude. I would totally hook up with that guy. By the way, no, I always no problem. I always think of him as the failing actor slash male prostitute from L.A. Confidential. Oh right, yeah, same same. He, I don't know, he's charming. He's a charming man. That's what I'm saying. He's just a charming dude. What else we got? Are you done with tweets? I'm done with tweets. That's all the feedback to last week's show. Remember the hashtag to use on Twitter: EPT Not Live. You know, I always thought it would be funny, um, James. I, I, I want to use this show to peel back the tur- the curtain. Well, we the, say the we curtain say this is, is actually right in this in this case. Probably. This is this is meant to be the show behind the show, right? Yeah, and so I thought it would be fun, like if every once in a while we could just kind of talk about what it's like here at the Poker Stars offices, because I don't think you know we don't really have a time and a place for it anywhere else, and it's a pretty special place, and I mean special exactly the way you think I mean it, <laughs> and. I just you thought, mean glamorous, luxurious, a very comfortable working environment? Yes, that is all true. That is absu- absolutely true. It is a, it's a fucking awesome place to work, but it is special in a lot of ways. What are you thinking of specifically? Well, the thing you just told me, which I don't want to get you in trouble for, but the thing you just told me is ridiculous, is very yes. special. Um, but I was also thinking about, this is something we can talk about, the bathroom situation here <laughs> at Poker Stars. <laughs> Because this is something we talk about a lot behind the scenes. If this is supposed to be behind the scenes, the EPT, we talk about the bathrooms here a lot. Okay. Here's my theory, right? Right. The bathrooms here are really, really nice. Therefore, people spend way too much fucking time in there. There's so much that goes on in the bathrooms here. This is true. The first problem with the bathrooms in this building, and I'm obviously specifically referring to the gentlemen's bathrooms, we all right, know. We don't know what it's like in the ladies' room. We assume that there's an Xbox in there, and that uh, you know there's plush couches, <laughs> not eat, like there's perfume. There's attendantless perfume. Now there is an unspoken law, an unwritten law between men, which I like to call urinal etiquette, and it normally arises where you have three urinals. Everybody already knows what you're talking about. Exactly. Every man out there right. knows what you're talking about. So right? here's the thing: you're the first one in, you go left or right. You're the second one in, you go to the other end. If you're the third one in, middle urinal doesn't happen. You go to the stalls. See, I'm a little bit. I'm more of like uh, like the Martin Luther of this rule. I agree with all of them up to the last point. Where I look at that point, you just sometimes have to do it. No big deal. There's no reason let urine go to waste. Okay, to be fair, that's not a major no-no. This is the major no-no. You're the first one in, and you go straight for the middle urinal. That is something that, like, someone who, like, hurt animals as a child would do. Like, that is just so fucked up against society. Like, you're, you've got to be a sociopath if that's you. But or, it, like, a complete narcissist who's just like, no one dare take either urinal on either side of me because I am the king of land. But here's the thing. We haven't just got one middle urinal guy in this building. We've got a fistful. Really? I always just assumed it was the same guy. No, there are several middle urinal people. What and do you I, think is wrong with them? The only positive about this whole thing is I believe that it was the bathrooms in this building that directly inspired the game The Kazi on Natural Born <laughs> Poker Player. It was people's weird experiences in the bathroom here that made them think, hmm, there's a game in this. Actually, there are several instances within that game which I have encountered in the Poker Stars bathroom. But people do other weird shit in there too. They brush their teeth. There's a lot of teeth brushing going on. They're not in the urinals, by the way. We're talking about in the sinks. But even so, I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's a reserved English thing. You don't brush your teeth in the bathrooms at work. Well, I understand people's desire to want to have a clean mouth. That makes sense, right? What doesn't make sense is you know, right, that when you're in a bathroom and you can smell shit, (laughs) that means if you open your mouth, you would also have shit 
whatever that is Jug. on in, on your tongue and mouth. You know, and so when you brush your teeth please. in there, you're waving your toothbrush around in a cloud of fucking shit. Stop. You know, I'm sensitive to this stuff. Right. I do I'll not want to puke there, on that. But it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Why not it... put the shit right in the tube of toothpaste? Oh, stop. All right. Stop. Uh, yes, um, there are also, there's also people you see doing snot rockets into the urinals. There are hand towels, what? there are that's tissues. What, that's what the sidewalk is for, guys, come on. We should definitely move on. I wanted to show you something real quick, James. Here, tell, tell me, describe to the audience um, what what I have just handed you. You have handed me a, a fistful of dollars with a 10 pound note in the middle. Dig a little deeper in the okay. dollars. Uh, there's actually, a... there, there, there is there is money of numerous currencies. Yeah. Here. Is this your, hey, I, I, I yep. like to take this out of my pocket and show off to girls that I'm a man of the world? Yeah, when, uh, when I just got back from Los Angeles. So, so what I do, when, some, whenever uh, I go to LA, I, pu I pull money out of my pocket. I got money from Canada. You got US Europe. dollars, Canadian dollars, <laughs> uh, euros. Oh yeah, it's all there. All sandwiched to make you look really baller in a $100 bill. You got a Benjamin, as you put as your money. But hey, that's the big one. That's the biggest that come, buddy. That's the biggest. So yeah, and so I at a bar, I like pull my money out, and I'm like, oh geez, I just travel so much, like it's harder. What what are we using here again? What is the dollar? Oh, this one. <laughs> oh man, I got to get through all these Canada notes and Question. euros first before I get down to that hundred dollar bill. Question: Does that work? Ah, uh, no. no. I was going to say, and I, if it did, and if it did work, I think you'd have to seriously question the kind of girl who'd fall for that yeah the kind of girl that would fall for me the thing is that i don't do it really for it to work i do it because it really amuses the people that i'm with when they watch this happen like they just think it's i mean they're mortified hand on heart if i was with you i would i would not be amused i would probably just turn my back and leave no they love it they love it um so i think on the way into work today james i think i might have broken british law i don't know if you can tell me if i have or not um i was on the tube and then uh, this girl was running for it and the doors closed in her face. And as the train was rolling past, I made eye contact with her. That's like against the law here, right? I like <laughs> everyone on the train, like looked down, like not one person no. looked at that. And I just, I just gave her this look like, oh, like I gave her sympathy. So I'm pretty sure that's illegal here, right? On the tube, it is every man for himself who's got against <laughs> all. You do not help random strangers on the tube. Not they even do not exist. Not even emotionally. You don't make physical contact. You <laughs> don't make eye contact. And if someone's in trouble, meh, natural selection. And do you have the same, um, the same thought that I do whenever I see like a large group of school children in the morning? All I can think to myself is, God, I hope they're not getting on my fucking tube station. Right, Giles is nodding. He knows what I'm talking about. That's, well, I don't, know, I don't like, want to make the show too London-centric, but I have to use the Piccadilly line to get to work, and of course, that's the line that runs to Heathrow Airport. And it's like the, oh, the luggage people. And it's like Jesus Christ, take a flight that's not during commuting hours. Stop clogging up these carriages with your trunks. Well, I think anyone who lives in a big city can can relate. You know, we've they've all got their train line that runs to the airport. I that's why I don't take the tube back from the airport because I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I also saw this. I've run into this guy a million times in London. This archetype. He is. Um. And every city's probably got him. He's the guy that's really in a hurry, but is in is really terrible at moving fast. So he ends up passing you like four times, but he still doesn't really know what he's doing. So he keeps screwing up and you pass him because you do, but he's in a panic about it <laughs> the entire time. And then I saw that guy today. And then as I saw him, actually, he was in the bathroom. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. If you'd be like in a panic and not where you're going, you can relate to that. I James. can relate to that. Every, well, my, every 40 minutes. All right. Well, uh, I think that's enough news for us. Uh, let's do a little news in the poker world. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for APT Not Live News. 
And even though it's EPT Not Live news, that was sung live by James. No warning, no redo, no rehearsal. Well done, James Hardigan. That was uh, that was awesome. Nailed it. Oh, Joe, quick, before we get into the yeah. running order, we actually have breaking news. We're on breaking EPT, news. Not Hold live on, news. should I play the news um, thing again? No, no, hang on, hang on. Gilly, Gilly. Gilly, we've got Gilly on the soundboard. Okay. Find something that's really appropriate for breaking news. We need a breaking news sting. Just press something. Stick, reindeer. Okay. Um, <laughs> doesn't work, but we'll go with it. It's that's, okay. It's uh, all right. He's nervous. That's that's our breaking news sting. Um, <laughs> there was a million dollar spin and go oh, right. yeah. on PokerStars last night. This is part of the PokerStars Makes Millionaires promotion, which you can read about on the promotions page at PokerStars.com. But yes, CCCP Vodka from Russia took down a spin-and-go, having invested $5 for one million bucks. Am I the only guy, too, when I read this, that was like, oh, yeah, of course there's a Russian guy. Of course, yeah, those Russians guys, they're always filling up every table. Of course there was a Russian guy. I'm sure they figured that out. I'm sure they figured out how to get that million-dollar spin-and-go. Congratulations to him. And commiserations, or as you like to say, Joe, congratulations to the two runners-up, because they get the consolation prize of $100,000. Do you think that if you win the 100000 that you're just completely, as you would say in this country, chuffed? Or that you're like, all you can think about is the 900000 you missed out on? Uh, I think at first you're thinking about the 900 k you missed out on. But then as time goes on, you realize, I invested five bucks and just made a hundred grand. I can't really complain. Whatever length of time that is, as time goes on, is going to be horrible. Like, this has got to be the worst ever. <laughs> I mean, I know we... You know, the more you play poker, the more you get used to stuff like, you know, Ace-10 sucking out on Ace-Queen, losing races, even Ace is getting cracked. But can you imagine if you are heads up and effectively flipping for $900,000, that is the one race in your life that you want to win. Or it's the one time you need that pair it is to your, hold it up. It is your one time. I, I don't. If you haven't used your one time already, that's it. And that's like everyone you know is one time also. <laughs> so you better give them some money when you win the million. You know, it's like, you know, if you're playing the EPT Live free rolls that we run when we're webcasting, or if you're playing a normal kind of like double your money spin and go, it's like, eh, you know, Ace-10 sucked out on me again when I had Ace-King. This is the one time that that suck out really, yeah, really Yeah, you're not going to get over that. Really, very quickly. So, although some of you don't get over the five dollars spinning goes very quickly either, so I'm not really sure. Maybe it's a little of each. Uh, more, more, more news in the poker world on the poker stars side of things here. Who's this fucking Daniel Staples guy? Jamie Staples. Jamie Staples. That's not. You know what? That's not cool to get a guy's name wrong because you know who does that to me all the time. Ali Najad always gets my name wrong whenever he's asked about me in an interview. And you think he does it as a bit, right? As a bit, and it's like kind of douchey. So anyway, Daniel Staples is a guy that follows me on Twitter, Jamie Staples. But I will not be a douche and just say, how? Wait, why? Why is there a guy called Staples? Poker Staples, one of the most popular casters. See, I'm down with the vocab yeah, now right. on you, Twitch. You really nailed it. So uh, he is now a friend of Poker Stars, and he's playing exclusively on Stars when he does his uh, his his twitching. This is unbelievable. I mean, first of all, I was like angling for a friend of Poker Stars deal a couple years ago, and they were like, "We just don't do them anymore. It's just not our thing anymore." So th- not only does this guy get a gig that I wanted, now he's got my name. Are you gonna rub it in my face? He's got. Thank you, Christoph de Mulder. I, I he is. He's got like how, why the one thing I had was being called Stapes. Well, like, he's, he's not, not Stapes, he's Staples. But it's so fucking close. Are you implying that people are idiots and can't tell the difference between Staples and Stapes and... Yeah, forget I just asked I that I wasn't question. implying that, but yes, that is also true. Yes, how many times have people called me Staples to you? 
Uh, John Staples is generally how a lot of people. Where is to you. Staples? Yes. And so this is just annoying. And I like the kid. He seems fine. But why? 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 <laughs> okay. How? Not being funny. If you were to start casting on yeah. Twitch, how confusing does it become then? Exactly. And well, I'll say this: there aren't not plans for me to start casting Ooh. on Twitch. So. And I'm actually really worried about the whole Twitch thing. Like, everyone's doing it. They're going to be better at it than I am. They're going to have a bigger audience than I have. Like, what? what's the point? Like, I want to <laughs> do it. I do because it seems fun. <laughs> it seems fun, but, like, it just, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to look like a bandwagon jumper. I feel like I'm going to be, like, the, the guy who shows up to the party once he's heard the orgies breaking out already. He's Joe, like, wasn't going to come at first. He's like, wait a second. I heard people are having sex here. Hope Joe, I'm not too late. I promise to watch for at least two minutes. Uh, <laughs> you, you know who else has, uh, has recently joined the whole kind of Twitch thing is Daniel Negreanu. Yes. And, yes. And he's already, I mean, he was, I think he was, when he was in the US, he was obviously playing for play money and did a ridiculously popular uh, stream. But then when he was playing this high stakes cash game, uh, I mean, the audience was massive and Daniel did not want to miss a hand, and as has been immortalized on YouTube... Oh, that's how it happened. He takes the computer to the bathroom with him. He took his computer to the bathroom, and while watching the stream, the viewers had to listen which, to Daniel's stream. Which stream? <laughs> you got it? Yeah, go ahead. Don't look. Don't look down. Oh, shit. This is the oh. pee-pee poo-poo episode. <laughs> oh, this is funny. <laughs> oh... That was just a sound effect thing. It's not real parts, I promise. I'm not doing is that, that. Is that actually going into the bowl or is he hitting the floor there? This is a guy that had to go to the bathroom? Sounds like he's forcing it. He's going to blow a gasket. So, okay, so this makes a lot of sense to me now because I'd heard about this. Now, I hadn't seen this either stream. God, <laughs> it's impossible, right? You just can't even. It's just so fucking ironic. Like, how it's just a total layup. <laughs> Check out the Pokestars YouTube channel. I think the video is called Daniel Takes the Piss on Twitch. Oh, okay. So um, so I, I had heard about this, and then I was supposed to be writing an article for Bluff, and uh, Lance, the editor, said, feel free to uh, make fun of Daniel's pathetic tinkle. Is, on... this, is this Lance Bradley, who is now one of the 20 most powerful people in poker, according to the it, magazine it, that he's in charge of? Wow. Well, it's... I, they vote on it? I don't know <laughs> what to say there. That is... I don't know. I would think I'd be like above being in my own magazine, but I probably wouldn't be. I would probably be <laughs> There's like, "There's no way you would above that." No, no way. I'd be like, "Oh well, the votes are in, and it looks like I'm number eighteen." Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah, so it, it is. It is a weird little dribble. I don't know what to say. Daniel's a friend. I don't want to um, comment too much on it, but maybe just see a doctor. I don't know. Okay, let's move on to something that probably will still get me fired, but just by a different person. TV recap. So yeah, this week on uh, you're you're too used to traditional radio. We can talk whenever we want. It's not a big deal. There's the junction. You see, you let them you let the vocals play out, and it, then you come in it, on the junction. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. I edit these things perfectly, and then you decide to not go with the flow. Because perfect is less entertaining. Trust me. We're we're like we're like Riggs and Murtaugh. 
And I am too old for this shit. He is too old for this shit, and I'm fucking driving. So anyway, this week on television and being released on YouTube, EPT London's Bubble Show from 2014. Yeah, this is episode three of the main event, and as as I teed it up on Twitter, it's the show with the bubble and some Bond geekery. Yeah, well, that's that's actually what I wanted to talk about. So, if you guys watch uh, the shows, you will see that we do these little comedy sketches. Uh, we've talked about them a few times here yeah. and there. We talked about the Barcelona shoot where Bruce Baggles kind of lost his shit at Guell Park. Yeah, and one thing, you know, there's there's a million behind-the-scenes things that have happened with these sketches, and the one that I think probably comes up most often is that, so James and I don't see the sketches till we come in and do the voiceover, and then we'll watch a sketch and we'll go... That's not the sketch. That's like a bunch of other stuff. How did, where is the, the ending that was really funny? And where is the, the first take that we did? And where is and why is it ending with swans? Because there was no mention of swans and there were... The, and, key, the key thing with this, this is a kind of a, a callback to a sketch we did at the PCA a couple of years ago where basically I just go on this ludicrous Bond rant. Now, normally the sketches are scripted. Uh, you'll do most of the legwork on that, Joe, and other people kind of certainly like people to, help out or yeah. give me ideas, and it's not a hundred percent me for but, sure. But, but generally, it's dialogue, which is then poorly acted by myself and Joe Stapleton. Yes, the Bond stuff is just me reeling off uninteresting facts about 007 movies, and sadly, all this content lives in my brain on a permanent basis. And we did one in the Bahamas where I recounted the history of James Bond in the Bahamas, and the idea is that we're cutting from location to location, and by the end of the day, Joe's getting into bed, switching the light off, and I'm still going. So we thought we'd do a callback to that where Joe makes the mistake of asking me about James Bond in London, right? and then I go off on a rant, and the punchline is that we then fast-forward six months to the Bahamas, to the PCA, where I'm still going, and then segue into, now, let's talk about James Bond in the Bahamas, and the whole Bahamas sketch starts again. When we saw the finished cut, the Bahamas bit wasn't there. Right. Well, the, if you remember, the original ending to the sketch was it all happens in London, and then I walk in front of a train and kill myself. Yeah, but suicide isn't funny. Well, I disagree. It's not funny when real people do it. When it happens for fakesies, it can be very funny. There's no reason why. Look, that's that's a terrible argument. That's a terrible argument. Killing people is never funny in real life, but it can often be funny in a movie or a sketch. So, whatever. Moving on. I So I wrote the alternate ending of um, what if I jump off a bridge? And everyone's like, okay, like that's less because it's like more... Because you might live. Right. It may not just be that you've committed suicide, but we didn't get a chance to film it. Uh, because it was horrible weather in London. And so I said, how about this? We filmed the ending in the Bahamas. Like, James has been going on for, like, six months. And um, so we'll do it that way, and then I'll just, like, walk out into the middle of the ocean. So... I'm the- waiting, I'm waiting. by the way, for some someone to hit me up on Twitter and go, uh, uh, the caption said six months later, but officially the PCA is only three months after EPT London. That's so funny, because that seems like exactly the kind of tweet you would send. Oh, don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fire it off to you at the end of this show. So, yeah, so, but when we watched the sketch, it didn't have anything from the Bahamas at all, and we were just like, what happened? So, And that happens a lot, where, like, people just don't get told stuff. Like, and to be fair, you just, like, expect, you just expect that, like, we shoot something in the Bahamas and someone's going to figure out that, like, this thing that we shot six months later goes with this thing that we shot in October. The important thing is that when we all get our heads together, we intercept it, we get it right, and the version that went out and the TV show that people would have seen on TV or watched on the Pokestars YouTube channel has the sketch as originally envisaged with all my Bond geekery in its awesomeness. The Bond geekery, but 
Also, we shot a whole bunch of stuff of me getting thrashed around in the ocean after that. Yeah, but this which is... ended up with a lot. Hold on a second. Which I said, are we definitely going to use this? Because I think it's funny, but if it's going to get caught because it looks weird or anything like that, I just what's the point? And I laid down like completely limp in the ocean for like a minute and got thrashed around and water shoved up my nostrils and in my ears and sand in every orifice of my body and it did not make the edit. But the problem is when you ask, is this going to make the edit? And people say, yes, you believe them. <laughs> when actually they just want to make you make you suffer and they want to have the incident on film. Okay, well, that's fine. At least that makes sense. That is less frustrating to me, believe it or not. I'm sure Bruce Baggles will find a use of the footage. Speaking of Bruce Baggles, now there's a something we could let people on. Yes. And on there from, is a, uh, there, from the show this week. There is a line in the show, and this has actually popped up a few times. Uh, it's popped up when we've done the live streams. Uh, it's popped up when we've done the TV shows. When someone completely misses the flop, when they have no hand at all, or, or, or by the river, if all they've got is like, you know, eight high, we might describe this hand as a total bagalino. Total bagalino. And this comes from Bruce Baggles, four-time Aussie cameraman of the year, a very important member of our crew, who we played... Do you have the audio, Gilly? Here, let's uh, let's play the audio so people can hear what it's like in context. Chip leader Raffaele Sorrentino has flopped a full house. Johnny Loden has paired his ace. And Marco Neumann has a total bagalino. Now, no one knows what this means, which is awesome. Which is great. So now we're going to educate you on what a bagalino is in the same way that we have to educate the poker audience on what a gibbons and a double gibbons Correct. is. So, Pi Gal is probably the best table game ever. Because you lose your money slowly and you can get through a shitload of free drinks. We played Pi Gal Poker with Bruce Baggles at the Harris Resort in Las Vegas on a Saturday night when all manner of shit is kicking off in the casino. There's people drinking too much. There's people being arrested. There's fights breaking out. That's all just involving me. And meanwhile, we're sitting playing $10 Pi Gal getting through weak Bloody Marys. <laughs> and we decided that instead of calling it a Pi Gal, which is when you have literally nothing, we decided to call it a Bagolino after Bruce Baggles, mainly because he is the expert, by the way, at getting dealt Pi Gal. Yeah, he's really, really good at sucking. So we have decided to increase the poker vocabulary and add this term. If you have no hand in poker, it is a total bagalino. Well said. Now, I like that gag. I like that gag from a show. You know what my probably my favorite thing about these London shows was, James? Willie Tan. Oh, you got to love Willie. I mean, the guy played the first ever EPT in Barcelona. He has been a fixture on the UK circuit for decades at every single card club from Newcastle to Luton. Yeah, he is just uh, such a funny dude. And, you know, the fact that it's coming out of like probably a hundred year old man, the things he says just <laughs> makes it funnier. And he's got this bizarre little accent. You know, of course, the whole thing, he's just such a character. It plays really well. Um, he stumped me on the sweat with hand. Uh, if you guys watch the show, I get it so wrong. I mean, good luck ever trying to put Willie on a hand. Yeah, he completely eats my lunch. And what I wanted to do was like a Willie Tan supercut. But unfortunately, the music that I picked out for it got rejected. And so I didn't want to do it. And they didn't even they didn't even go with my my secondary choice of supercut music. Because everyone here is, is no fun. Everyone here is no fun, but I did, uh, there was a great quote that Willie had on the show 
that uh, I end up making a joke. He does. He says the five P's of poker. I make a joke that I'm surprised he can remember what they all are. Yeah, the five P's of poker. Uh, Kenneth Moneyman, a regular viewer of the EPT London TV show, has actually tweeted about this. Patience, perseverance, psychology, position, practice. Word up to Willie Tan. Yeah, absolutely. But that's weird because that was a that was actually heavily edited. The thing that we, the five P's that oh, we really? put out there. Yeah, Gilly, can you play the original five P's? The secret to success in poker is to keep these five P's in mind: position, patience, perseverance, psychology, and a lot of pussy. So those are the five piece. Oh my God! Can you believe that? Can you believe that when Willie originally listed the five P's, he said a whole lot of pussy. <laughs> that is crazy. You would never expect that out of that sweet old man. It's unbelievable that he would say that. <laughs> yes, it is completely unbelievable. It's <laughs> crazy. What a what a filthy what a filthy old man. Uh, so something else I wanted to bring up. Okay, so. One of my podcast idols, James, is Adam Carolla. And Adam used to do this gag on his show that says, like, anything that you, uh, anything anyone says, if you put a pan flute under it, if you put a pan flute under it, it makes them sound really wise. <laughs> like, whatever they're saying. So, what I did was I took, uh, I took one, I took Willie's thing here, and uh, here, just, I put a little pan flute under it. Okay. The secret to success in poker is to keep these five P's in mind. Position, patience, perseverance, psychology, and a lot of practice. P, so those are the five P's. Now, doesn't that sound so much more, like, so has so much more gravitas to it because of the pan flute? Like, here's some more Willie, right? So here's Willie, um, just kind of, uh, he's a little bit sounds like a dunce here because he says he doesn't follow, like, the new, po here, the new poker terms. The terms they use these days, I don't, know, I don't even understand. I mean, seriously, I mean, they give you terms like hijack and under the gun and one bet. I mean, during my time, we never use such terms. Right? So he sounds kind of like a confused old man here. Now yeah. listen, though. Now he sounds like an expert with the pan flute on Okay, it. let's do it. The terms they use these days, I don't, I don't even understand. I mean, seriously, I mean, they give you terms like hijack and under the gun and one bet. I mean, during my time, we never use such terms. Right? See, now it's wise old Willie who, uh, you know, who just he doesn't understand it because it doesn't make any sense because it's not... It's unwise. Who would have thought? The power of panpipes. So I, I got, thought they were for elevators. I got one more pan flute for you. Remember Seven's guy? Who, who, oh. who under, you know, was it sounded like kind of now, a... This was, this was in Barcelona. Again, you can watch the entirety of EPT Barcelona on the PokerStars YouTube channel. But at the final table, when Andre Latau and Israel keep calling for a seven, we asked one of his friends, why do you keep calling for a seven? He answered the question twice. Yeah. Neither answer made sense. But how does it sound with the benefit of panpipes? Seven is actually um, kind of interesting because we have some flipping games and stuff. If you're sitting around and just going to a restaurant and stuff, you have to pay the uh, checks and stuff and the bills. And <laughs> there we have to play uh, some flipping games and every time the seven is coming. So it's kind of insider. So it's like the seven is always coming. So you can't really lose. 
Fuck yeah, Sevens guy. I no, get it now. No. I get it. I was going to say, on this occasion, the panpipes didn't help. <laughs> it still makes no sense. No, it's because you're not listening. You're not listening. Hold on. James, in order to hear, one must first listen. <laughs> Joe Stapleton. Hold on, let's do Gilly real quick. Let's do Gilly. Man who wears hair on top of head also has head under hair. Think about that, top knot. Oh, what else from the show? What else? We had some good... There was. I didn't think there was a lot to talk about from this show, and then when I watched it, there was a lot of fun stuff. Well, let's see what people have been tweeting. Atari Baby says, Please, EPT, put Fatima DeMelo on telly more often. She was so much fun to watch in this show and in the first series of Shark Cage. Um, Skip has a question. What happened to Stapes' danger zone in the EPT London coverage? The pitch is all wrong. Aim higher, dude. Yeah, uh, Gilly, do you have that audio? Well, plenty of players in the danger zone right now. Danger zone! Including Mikhail Petrov with 11 big blinds. Yeah, that's the only way I can do it now, which is really funny because if you guys could see us in the booth here, when James is doing a leaderboard, I, like, check out completely. Like, I just get on my phone, I'm swiping left, I'm swiping right, I'm, uh, okay cupiding, and all I do is sit there listening for the few key words that James is going to use, and he always says headed into... The danger zone. And at the beginning of a leaderboard earlier in the show, you say heading into, but you're going to the top. And I remember that day almost just being like, danger zone, because I was like ready for it ish. And the thing is, I'm so not ready that I end up missing it most of the time. But yes. And now you can't even say it. I can't say it. Like my voice, my throat and stuff has been going through a weird change where I can't do falsetto at all anymore. Like no noise comes out. <clears throat> danger zone. Out. See, that's what oh. happens when I try oh. to do the old way. Apologies to your pets. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry about that. It's probably. <laughs> yeah, that's uncomfortable for all of us. Uh, so, yeah. So I can only do danger zone anymore. I have no idea. My throat. It's gone. I got nothing. Uh, one more tweet. Uh, hashtagged EPT uh, from the Newham Metropolitan Police Service. EPT made three arrests yesterday. One was for <laughs> indecent exposure. Also seized an uninsured vehicle. Inspector Stinger. There's an Inspector Stinger? I think that might be about something else. This is the problem. EPT is a very generic abbreviation, and obviously a lot of people tweet about the early pregnancy test. Yeah. And now it seems that there is a police operation in the London borough of Newham called EPT, and they are trying to hijack our hashtag. Hold on a second. Police... Okay, police links up the letter P, but London, Newham, why do they need EPT? They're just like, they're like, what, like one hashtag's doing well right now. Extra oh. police time. No, no. Change your hashtag, Newham, please. Yeah, that that's rude. That EPT is, rude. is ours. Uh, of course, there was plenty of comment, Joe, about the controversy that occurred in this show. Because being the bubble, always something right. funky happens when we get to the bubble. And on this occasion, we had a player called Mikhail Petrov who decided that as it got close to hand-for-hand -hand play, he was going to stall on every hand. He was a short stack and he was determined that he was going to make the money by just tanking every time the action was on him. Yeah, he. Um, but that's... <clears throat> 
Like, it's easy to make him out like a villain, right? Because he, first of all, he's got, like, a real stupid haircut. Like, just a real dumb haircut. And he's got a leather jacket on and, like, dumb sunglasses. And it makes him look like a turd. Like, it makes him just an unlikable dude. And then, and then he's stalling. So then you're like, yeah, yeah, villain, villain, villain. And then when he talks about it, I'm like, he says it in, like, kind of a, a little bit more of a turdy way than I would say it. But it makes sense. Like, I don't know that I can really dislike the guy just for stalling like everyone does it and not everyone does but so many people do it and i don't think i would do it to his degree or like be as antagonistic about it but like making the money is important and it's his choice well obviously we became aware of it our, our tv crew became aware of it and we started covering the action when the floor got called to the table because clearly the players at his table were getting a little bit peeved yeah uh, and one of those players in fact the guy sat next to him at the table was mark andre ladusser from team pokestars pro online so i think this is a prime case of where we need to get the answer from the horse's mouth. Mark andre you're on uh, the EPT TV show this week that uh, took place at the London bubble. And probably the most interesting part of that show was, I think, the little tiff that you and the guy sitting next to you got into. Right. I mean, we were just saying uh, we joined the action when the floor was called to the table. I mean, how what what have been going on? How long had this been happening before someone actually called the tournament staff to the to the table? I think we were about uh, four away from the money when, uh, I mean, the guys was already playing pretty slow. He had uh, under 20 big blinds and then it became really obvious where he wasn't, I mean, he was, he was, he was looking at his cards and then like just looking around and taking like over a minute, over a minute. I only call clock. I think two other times I can think of in my life. Um, the guy wasn't, I mean, there was a point where he was just like looking around and chatting around while it was his turn. And then there was a point where he wasn't looking at his cards anymore and was just like letting time go. And that's the time where it was, I felt it was too much and called the floor. And when the floor saw that he was, um, I mean, his cards didn't matter anymore. He was just taking time. Then I was even surprised that they decided to give him 15 second clock every time it was his turn, which I thought was, was, was great for them to adjust to it because... Um, I mean, regardless, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Like his decision um, and his cards didn't matter anymore. It was just um, as, as much time as he could uh, waste. He was he was going for it. So, so were you leading this whole thing, Mark Andre? Were other people at the table having an issue with it, or was it were you the primary one who was saying, "What are you doing, man?" And you were the one calling the clock. I mean, I don't I don't remember it being like very uh, that much of a confrontation. I know. I mean, it was very obvious. So. I feel like about half the table was was um, aware right away what was going on and kind of just called clock because nobody else was going was going for it at first. Um, then afterwards, the floor just took it over and it was it was pretty easy. I mean, it was pretty, he understood and and I don't I'm not even like I'm not like mad at the fact that he's taking advantage of that side of it, but at the same time, like so it's his right to do it, but it's also. Um, our right to call the clock and make sure that we're at least like keeping the pace of everyone else kind of. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think that you would have called the clock uh, had you been across the table from him or did it make more of a difference that you were sitting right next to him? Maybe I was more aware of it because it was right next to me and it was obvious that I, I could see that that one time in particular where, where he did not look at his cards and just started chatting um, is the time where I called the clock. So maybe if I wasn't across, if I wasn't right next to him, if I hadn't like immediately noticed that, maybe I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have been the one. 
And then I guess my other question is when you call the clock, I like I the easy answer to why is because he's taking too long. But do you do it because uh, it's annoying or do you do it because you feel like everyone at the table should have more time on the bubble for their hands? Do you think it's unfair? Like, what is the real reason behind it? Um, I think it's solely the, his intentions that are to waste time and where when he doesn't have any um, he doesn't have any decision to make. His decision is already made, and it's very obvious. So it's more about keeping him from having the time. Uh, it's about yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah. It's about keeping him from having like an um, unjustified time every single hand. Yeah. Sure. And when that happens, do you actually get annoyed with the person, or is emotion taken out of it? I'm trying to think how I felt at that point. Uh, I want to say I was somewhat annoyed with him the first time but then the floor took it over and it was very easy as they gave him 15 seconds every time he i mean he he understood that like, he knew exactly what he was doing everybody knew what he was doing at that point but his explanation seems sounded so logical mark andre i mean he spoke to you about it he spoke to our tv crew about it and you kind of couldn't help but think well yeah he's he's kind of got a point and what he's doing isn't strictly speaking against the rules it's true no yeah that, that's what i'm saying i think he has i mean i don't think he's he's not cheating no, he's not. He's definitely not cheating. He's definitely. He's not even angle shooting. I think he has the right to take an un, uh, unjustified amount of time. Um, we also have the right to make sure that we keep up the pace. Um, yeah, absolutely. Everyone else, or, or otherwise, it'd just be a zoo. Like if if no one else, if no one ever called the clock, <laughs> then then we'd just be like. Um, I mean, the bubble would be a lot longer because there would be absolutely no. If 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 any if nobody had like any shame in what they were doing, then the bubble could last like all day like the whole day three pretty much sure because i mean eight eight thousand pounds i think it was at that point um is significant and should be significant to anybody so if anybody has like under 20 big blinds they should um they probably should time as long as they're um as long as they're let to be totally well like a couple of tweets in reaction to what happened in this week's show. Rusty C says, I see so many players stall online for their advantage all the time, so what's the difference live? Uh, whereas Ruben Diaz felt that the Petrov kid stalling was lame. But the key thing is here, Marc-Andre, as you said, if players notice it's happening, you police it, you call the floor, let the floor deal with it, and then they were then on it, and it kind of eradicated the problem after that. Yeah, I was very surprised how they took it over right away and how they... Um, I didn't even know there was such a rule that it would take 15 seconds. I thought we were in home. Uh, okay, so he's going to have a minute every time, and I felt it was too much. Um, but since he was obviously doing it on purpose, the, the, I, think, I think the key is also the fact that he, had, um, that he did not seem to have any decision to make. He was just wasting time. You know, when I don't even have a problem with someone looking at his cards and then, like, at least, like, faking it even – he wasn't even trying. <laughs> no, he no, he wasn't trying. He was like chatting around the table, chatting to the table next to him. Um, and then that's when like I felt like at least fake it, at least like do like a good enough job to He was flaunting it, yeah. So when you when you're on a table with someone like that, do you play differently against them because they've been a little annoying and or are you more or less happy to see them go broke? Um, I don't care either way. I mean he was we um it was a very like a very short moment where um, I know I may have felt annoyed for a minute, but then afterwards we even like he was, he had the right to do what he was doing and we had the right to call the clock and have the floor right next to him to make sure that um, everything was, was going uh, in order. So now, I mean, the guy was, um, I think he, well, he definitely made the money and we played 
a little while longer and he was cool and I didn't um I feel like I'd seen him before but never met him and I'm not sure if I've seen him since but um no absolutely no uh no offense taken well, here's the weird thing, Marc-Andre. Obviously, this tournament took place in October last year, but the TV shows are only now just airing. People are only just seeing it on the Pokestars YouTube channel. So we don't want to give any spoilers, but suffice to say, you do appear in future editions of the show. There is one hand in particular, and again, I'm not going to reveal any information about this hand, but you play a big hand against Jake Cody later on in the tournament, and it formed the basis of one of the most interesting pros explain features that we've ever had in the EPT TV show. So I just want to tell everyone to watch out for that hand and watch out for this really interesting feature where both you and Jake give your perspectives on this hand. And it's one of those classic, well, I know that he knows, but he knows that I know type dynamics. It's a, it's a really interesting one. So hopefully people will see that when the show's air. Yeah, let's say um, on my end, I'm very much out of line. And uh, if I had <laughs> to do it again, I would do everything different. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really interesting. We just got to Pro Explains on the Pro Explains. That's great. I'll have to go back and rewatch that knowing that uh, Mark andre thought that. Mark andre do you want to play a little game with us? Sure. All right. This is a game that I like to play with my, uh, my Canadian guests. It's called Canadian or Not. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the name of a person or a product and you have to tell me whether or not that person or product was born in Canada. You know, um, well, obviously, you know, I'm from Quebec and I'm not more or less pro Quebec than anyone else here. But I may or may not be familiar with everything else that like all your uh, all your uh, your other Canadian candidates might be. But I'll, I'll give it a shot. That's OK. You're basically saying Quebec is not Canada. That's and I understand. Here we go. All right. First question, Canadian or not. I'm going to go. I had an easy set of questions and a hard set of questions. I'm going to ask you the easy ones since you just gave me the whole Quebec speech. Uh, Mike Myers. Canadian. Correct. They might be giants. The band, they might be giants. No clue who they are. I'll go with not. Whoops. That is correct. You were correct. I hit the wrong button. There we go. Two for two. Robin Thicke. I'm pretty sure he is. That was a trick question. Robin Thicke, born in Los Angeles, but his father, Alan Thicke, definitely Canadian. I think most Canadians would uh, be very happy to disown Robin Thicke, quite frankly. <laughs> All right. Next one up here, Ryan Gosling. No. Incorrect. Ryan Gosling is Canadian. Wow. You know why? Because Ryan Gosling is the only man in Canada that would be better looking than Marc Andre. So he, he, <laughs> he wants to disown him. I just discredit him. <laughs> He's not Canadian. Uh, next up, Seth Rogen. Yes. Uh, no, but he went to school in Montreal. He is Canadian. He is Canadian. You are correct. I'm going to give you that one since the first word out of your mouth was yes. Uh, James Franco. <laughs> I get so many references of J James Franco lately. I didn't know who he was like three months ago. Oh, he's popping up. I'll go with... No. Not Canadian is correct. You're 4-2 up, Marc-Andre. Give that exact same set of questions to anybody else from Quebec. See how I fare. You can compare me to like... You're, no, I think you're doing well compared to most Quebec people. We're, we're moving on. We got one more human being, and then we're moving on to products. Last human being, Brent Spiner, a.k.a. Lieutenant Commander Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, I never watched Star Trek. Oh, that's a shock. And and and, the th and and I see. Is there a new Star Trek just coming out just now? 
a new Star Wars, but hey, for a, a, a former athlete, oh, you're doing fine. Uh, Mark Andre, I, I, I really, I used to like you, but it's now you're confusing of, Star Trek and Star Wars. It's a show full of nerds, Mark Andre. I'm sorry. He's Canadian. He is not Canadian. I just wanted to make a Brent Spiner reference on a radio show because I'm such a huge nerd. Okay, moving on to products. Here we go. This is a tricky one. Canada Dry Ginger Ale, Canadian or not? It better be. Correct. It is Canadian. Oh, try, trick. All right. Try to three a curveball there. The snowblower was it invented in Canada or not? We'll go with no. That is incorrect. It absolutely was invented in Canada. Uh, the jock strap. <laughs> I hope so. Correct. Which it makes sense. It was probably invented in Quebec by a guy named Jacques. Do they wear jockstrap in? Uh, they wear jockstrap in any other sports in hockey now? I guess baseball. Yeah, we we're supposed to wear them in baseball, but I never did. Many, many sports involve yeah. wearing jockstraps. Okay, soccer, football. Yeah, all of them, I think. All right. Uh, and finally, last one here: the paint roller. Was it invented in Canada? The paint roller. The paint roller. The paint roller was not invented in Canada. Incorrect. It was. What's the final score? Seven and four. Seven and four. Mark Andre, you crushed it. Congratulations, buddy. You know what's Canadian, what isn't. Very proud. All right, Mon Mark Andre. Mon I almost called you Mondre. I almost, I almost morlocked your name. That's a callback for anyone that used to listen to my old podcast. Uh, Mondre, Mark Andre, are you, are you going to Monaco, buddy? I'm very likely to skip it now. That's okay. We're actually going to edit this to make it sound like you're going to Monaco. So either way, it's fine. <laughs> Monaco, here we come. Monaco, here we come. All right, Mark Andre. We will see you when we see you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. How about a little Monaco preview? I didn't talk over it that time. Thank you. You've got to let that one live. People love this song. This is what we are calling the theme from EPT11 Monaco. It's so funny that people love these like royalty-free like artists that can't get real record label contracts and end up doing and I'm sorry, look, I'm being a dick, but still. And then people are like, I love that song. It's like falling in love with a piece of clothes you got at Marshall's or at TK Maxx. <laughs> You're like, I love or like, you know, you know what it is like? It's like when you have like, a, you know, when you don't have like the iPhone or the iWatch, but you have like the iTime piece, like the slight, like the cheaper knockoff version, like the tablet exactly that you get at, you know, at the register at, at TK Maxx. Uh, you, you can't lie, though. This track is catchy and you better learn good. to love it because you're going to be hearing it a lot over the course of the next two weeks. What's it called? Because I had some guy tweet at me this it, morning asking about the song. This is called You Only Live Once. It is available on audionetwork.com. Um, we have got nine days of live streaming coming up for you. Jeez. Joe and I actually head to Are Monaco serious? on Saturday. So we're recording this show on a Thursday. We've got to pack tomorrow, fly out on Saturday morning, and just as with Malta Joe, I am woefully underprepared for this trip. It has just snuck up on me, and I really need to start getting my shit together. Uh, i got to do laundry. 
I've had I've had a load. That's the thing. It's always the laundry. <laughs> load. I've had a load in the uh, the washer for like four days now. I haven't had time to dry it. And you've learned from previous mistakes, which is you do not take your laundry to Monaco to have done at the hotel there. No, you might God, as well buy no. new clothes. It's cheaper. No, God, no. That's I mean, that's that is just scary. Absolutely scary. So we've got to head out this weekend because we are shooting more of the sketches. We talked about the London. Okay, can skits. we go over the schedule a little bit? I actually yes. really need to know this. So we're flying Saturday. Yeah, we're working uh, Sunday, Monday. Sunday, Monday are sketches. sketches. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, you got a day off. What? That's amazing. Uh, Shit. I, now I'm I'm on shark cage duties for the next five days, but I think you might have a day off on Wednesday as well. There might be a rehearsal for the webcast, but right. generally speaking, I think you've got some leisure time, Joe Stapleton. What an absolutely terrible place to have two days off. Like at literally any other stop we would go to, I could I like do fun things. And in Monaco, I'm probably. I wouldn't do fun things anyway. I'll but you just know, stay in my hotel room like I always do. Joe, you've been traveling on the tour now since the beginning of season eight. You know full well that you're not going to have a day off, that there's going to be yeah, stuff to no, shoot. There's going to be meetings. Stupid rewrites for sketches. Ben, I'm looking at you. And of course, there's shark cage links to do. So yeah, um, we probably start work on Thursday, the 30th of April. That's when I'm, on, I'm in shark cage mode working on that. Uh, you're going to be teaming up with Matt Broughton and Mark Convey to cover the Super High Roller event, which kicks off the festival, the 100,000 euro buy-in. So we're going to be streaming days one, two, yeah. and three. Day three being the final table of that event with Cards Up coverage. Uh, then on the Sunday, which is also the final table of Shark Cage, that's going to be the final table of the FPS, the France Poker Series. So, so, so one week into my journey, which is typically when I'm finishing, mm -hmm. we haven't even started the main event no. yet. Whew. Two weeks, nine days live streaming. That's what you've got on your agenda, buddy. So Sunday is the FPS. That's more cards up coverage of the local tour event. That's a 1K tournament. And then from the Monday, it's all about the European Poker Tour main event, the Poker Stars and Monte Carlo Casino, EPT Grand Final, 10K buy-in, the final main event of the season. From day two through to day six, the final table on the Friday. And again, cards up coverage of that. Cash game coverage? Possibly. Now, there is likely to be a cash game taking place. By the way, I'm not just teeing up James to answer questions. Like, I legit don't know what's happening in Monaco, and this is the best way for me to find out. I mean, my understanding is that a lot of the players want there to be cash games, and I know that our viewers, our fans, love cash yes, game action. Yes, actually, um, Dan Smith and Sam Greenwood, I was waiting in line with them at Customs at Heathrow last time I came back into the country uh, from Malta, and they were like, we really want to do a televised 200, 400 Omaha game. And I was like, really? Because some of okay, those guys, well, I feel like they're annoyed being on TV. They're like, we're dying to do it. First of all, Omaha ain't happening. If we're streaming a cash game, it's going to be no Omaha. I told them it's too hard to do Omaha, yeah. And here's the reality. We pretty much have our schedule nailed down for most days. For this one. For the three super high roller days and for the five EPT main event days, it ain't going to happen. Now, the Sunday, when there's the FPS main event... By the way, nothing is guaranteed here. I want to make that absolutely clear. I don't want to over-promise and under-deliver. But do you remember last year, Joe, the FPS main event final table? It was short, right? Two and a half hours. Yeah, because I was sick that day, so I didn't come in right away. And then I came in, and I was like, hey, I, you know, I'll get on the comms. And they were like, no, 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 it's over. <laughs> I was really irritated. So two big ifs. French people. If there is a short FPS final table. If... There is a cash game taking place that day. There might 
be some bonus coverage of a cash game. Cool. In well, that's all right. Well, that's that's cool news. We like that, and it's also, it's a little easier for us to do bonus coverage when there's two teams there, when it's the Conv and Broughton and me and James. And the key thing I would say is make sure you're following at EPT Live on Twitter because you'll get updates of exactly what's being streamed on what day, the full schedule provisional schedule is available to view at pokestars.tv slash live. Dude, but, okay, so you mentioned Shark Cage a second yeah. ago, though, and there's so much I want to know about Shark Cage now, too. And if you can't answer these questions, it's fine, because I know that there's stuff that's, you know, that's for air and not fair. Do do you know who's playing in the Shark Cage? Yes, and again, to peel back the curtain, because that's what we like to do here on EPT Live, when we're not away doing live streams, when we're not voicing TV shows, when we're not doing this podcast, I probably spend most of my time working on Shark Cage, and have obviously been quite closely involved with you know, uh, deciding the lineups, seeding the heats, getting celebrities involved, and of course, recruiting the online qualifiers for these shows. So let me tease you with a few names, Joe, because obviously we've got some people coming back who played in season one. I think it's fair to say that even if you didn't watch season one of Shark Cage, you know about the hand between Miss Finland and Ronnie Barda. Yeah, that was a a real thing. So Miss Finland made her repeat appearance at the PCA. Ronnie Barda is looking for redemption. He does not want to be remembered for eternity for folding trips to Miss Finland and going into the cage. So he's coming back hoping to win his heat or advance the final or do something funky that means he can forget about that forever. What hottie boom body did we get to come bluff him this time? That I can't tell you. Oh my God. All right. What else? What can you tell me? You... I can tell you that EPT founder John Duffy will be making his debut oh, on the show. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, we've got a, some celebrities lined up. Still dotting I's and crossing T's on a couple of contracts, but I can tell you that Don Cheadle, one of the stars of the new Avengers movie, which is out this week, he's coming to Monaco. War Machine. He's he's playing Shark Cage. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a big name to drop on the show. Okay. Uh, Fatima DeMelo is back. We had that tweet earlier on from uh, someone saying that we should have more Fatima on TV. She's a big part of the London TV shows that are currently airing and are available to watch on YouTube. She's coming back for this season as well. Is there someone playing on the show that it might irritate me that they're playing and therefore it has been kept from me. What you mean? Gail Garcia Diaz. That might've been it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Gail is also going to be representing Belgium. Uh-huh. And bear in mind, I mean, people often ask about like what goes into deciding who plays on this show. One of the things that people have to remember is that these are international shows. Joe and I voice the English language version, which primarily airs in the UK and Canada, but we have to hit markets around the world. And it's only right that there are players from every country where the show's air. I don't begrudge her that at all, except a little, maybe, but not at all. Maybe a tiny bit. Uh, but yes. Um, and what about uh, what about the loose cannons? What about uh, the qualifiers? This isn't the big game, Joe. Come on, it's the same, same. Uh, we've got uh, three online qualifiers, one playing in each heat. Uh, we have got a player who many people may actually know because she's appeared on our TV shows before, Karen Brutig from Norway. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, Karen played in Barcelona. All my exes, huh? Karen, Karen Brutig, Gio Garcia Diaz. She played on the uh, feature table in uh, Barcelona. And of course, she was famously checked out by Daniel Negreanu uh, the year before. Also well known for having was... to play the Norwegian Poker Championships in a bikini. And well known for having a dog uh, whose name means vagina. Fanny the dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, joining Karen is uh, Corey Pansano, originally from the USA, originally from New Orleans, who coincidentally now lives in Norway, where Karen is from. Okay. Uh, his job took him there, but his family had to stay in the States. So they're living a relationship on Skype at the moment. I think I remember Corey's audition tape. Yes. Yes. He's the guy. I mean, 
he's the guy who did the whole thing with uh, where he's like showing us around his office and his employees are telling us that he's a creep and a total weirdo. Right. And then but then he gets you by being like, I miss my family so much. I just want to just want to see my wife and babies again. And his friends, his friends go out clubbing in New Orleans and he joins them on FaceTime. Oh, that's sad. It is okay, sad. sure. Well, I hope Corey does well. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to do on today's show, and James said no to, is I wanted to take some of the really bad audition videos and play them on the air. That's not nice. Of course it's not nice, but it's great content for the show, and I don't see why we should be giving it up. And James isn't going to really like this, but I did, I did, I'm, we're doing one. It's going to get cut out, but you're That's welcome fine. to play we're it. We're doing one. I honestly don't understand why she didn't get chosen, to be honest. Hi, my name is Timia Nagykuroshi and I'm from Hungary and I really, 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 really want to play on the Shark Cage. Um, I'm a huge poker fan. My favorite player is Phil Ivey, but oh my God, I'm willing to do anything to be on this show. Like anything, anything. I would f*** Joe Stapleton. I would do more than f*** him. I would f*** him and f*** his c*** until he, as we say in Hungary, until he wishes he had never asked for a third turnip. I wouldn't stop there. I would do a bunch of weird shit too. I munch on his bowls. I would lick his asshole. I would dress him up like a little dirty baby and push him around in a pram. Have you ever heard of the Dirty Sanchez? Which poor girl did you talk into stage. doing this? It's this is a real audition tape, James. This is not about. a real audition. I would have remembered. Draw all of his facial hair. That's right. I will draw Joe Stapleton's facial hair with his butt juice. Mm. I would make a new drawing. Oh, wow. We've now gone over the two-minute mark. That's probably why it wasn't considered. That's it's not over two minutes. It's one minute and 24 cake. seconds. Once again, my name is Tima Nagykuroshi. I'm a huge poker fan from Hungary. I would love to play in Shark Cage. Thanks. I love the way Hungarians think. James, you talked over when she said instead of a dirty Sanchez, she was going to give me a dirty Stapeschez. That's what the whole butt juice line was about. So why who, did, why who, did, was, who was that girl? Why didn't she get through, James? Because it's not a genuine audition. I don't think it's not very cool that you're not admitting that this girl, I don't understand why just because she would do weird stuff to me sexually means that she could not get put through. The fact that she wants to do weird stuff to you sexually proves that it's not a genuine audition. Would no human being would say that unless the lines had been scripted for them by you. Unless, if, <laughs> if that had been a real audition video, would she have met all the requirements of no. going through? No. What else needed to be in it? Uh, she may have made the audition stage, I mean, the interview stage, because I would have been fascinated to know what's wrong with the poor girl. Would at least have tried to so get her some could, mental help. That could have got her through. To the interview stage. Well, I she said she got she received no interview. <laughs> That's because she's not bloody real. Ah. Anywho, we're going to go into the lobby, and I'll tell you why, Joe. Because while we're on the subject of Monaco, we are going to do another EPT Live One Buck Bounty Bonanza because this is a tournament that made its debut in Malta, and as the name suggests, it only costs one dollar to play, just one single. But that was fun. That was a good time. It's tough being a bounty, though. <laughs> yes, Joe and I are bounties in this event. The tournament is taking place, by the way, on the 7th of May, which is the penultimate day of the EPT Grand Final main event. It's starting at 12 noon Eastern, which will be 6 p.m. local time, Central European time. $1.10 is the buy-in, but how's this for value? $600 added to the prize pool by PokerStars. 
an additional $100 in added money because Joe and I both have $50 bounties on our head. Yep. It's already in the lobby. Uh, 20 players have registered so far. Now, two of those are Joe and myself. So it means 18 people are already in. I reckon this is going to get several hundred runners. Uh, if you want to find it in the lobby, just search EPT Live, all one word, in tournaments in the PokerStars client. For $1.10, you can't go wrong. Yeah, well, you can't go wrong. It is fun. But also, look, if you're a fan, right? If you're a fan of the show and you're a fan of EPT Live, if things we do like this are successful, then we can do more stuff. So if we have... If this, like, blows up and we have a, tons of people play this tournament, then we can go to them with other ideas and we can do more stuff. And we'll say, look, we can bring people, we can bring an audience. So it does, it can help us out too. Absolutely. And that is taking place on the 7th of May. Obviously, we're going to have our normal EPT Live League free rolls every day of the festival as well. And something else I think we should... Uh uh, kind of flag up Joe and we're going to talk about this more after Monaco because it kicks off straight after the grand final is wrapped and that is Scoop the spring championship of online poker that is kicking off on the 10th of May running through until the 24th of May and the great thing about Scoop is yes there are satellites to play all the big events be those cash satellites FPP sats or sit and go satellites or steps but the great thing about Scoop, and we say this every time, is because you've got the three different tiers, you've always got that low buy-in event. Do you, want which... a, do you want a little Scoop? Do you want a medium Scoop? Or do you want a large Scoop? It's, it's scoop is fitted for your needs. And the little events, we're talking about $11, $27, pretty affordable for most bankrolls. And as we established when we spoke to Lee Big Horse Jones in Malta on EPT Live, it doesn't matter whether you win a little, a middle, or a high, you still get the watch. Which I really hope is true. Because I could see it not being true. And then they're going to have to give away a fuckload of watches. It is 100% true. <laughs> okay. as, as everyone reminded, we, we talked about Shark Cage earlier on. Remember Gareth, who yes, made the final Gareth, table? Right. He had a scoot watch for winning a low buy. For was a low one. Okay. Well, that's all the uh, the commercials out of the way. This uh, We got a super fan coming on. Who I, uh, I'm i a big fan of this super fan. Marshall, welcome to the show. What's up, Staves? How you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. I mean, I've been awake for... Uh... 45 minutes. I've been so excited. So, uh, Awake as in, like, in the morning? Yeah, it's it's about 6. 6 a.m. You're Canadian? Um, No, I'm uh, from the States. You're from the States. Wow, that is a true super fan. So just to clarify, Marshall, you actually live in the United States of America. Yeah, so I don't think I can win uh, You can't win the step ticket, but you could potentially win and everyone loves a Chop Pot t-shirt, and that's what matters. Ultimately. I think you're free-rolling on the t-shirt, to be honest, because we tend to give away the t-shirt as a consolation prize. We normally do, however... What? The thing with, with Marshall, and we obviously appreciate your super fandom, Marshall, but you coined the hashtag EPTIsLife. So you're clearly very serious about your devotion and dedication to the European Poker Tour. I would definitely say so, especially having to wake up at like seven. I mean, I haven't been as vocal recently because I've been trying to kind of get into college. But now that I'm in, I'm I'm definitely. I was watching when I was watching. I was listening to EBT Not Live just like about like a minute ago. Well, that's excellent, man. And you are a um, you're relatively new. I mean, you you rose to super fandom, I think, faster than anybody else. So you've always been such a nice, supportive guy. I'm really pulling for you here. Marshall You, good luck in super fan versus stapes. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's super fan versus 
Footsteps. So Marshall, because of your dedication and devotion, because of your EPT is life hashtag, this is not going to be an easy game. The oh. questions, as usual, sealed inside the envelope, but I'm presuming that you're going to be a little bit more au fait with the subject matter. I don't even know what au fait means, so does, I guess that means I got the first question wrong. Contestants. So the game is called, They Put What on the Table? Oh, this sounds fun. And Joe Stapleton, as the reigning champion, because as you mentioned at the start of the show, you are 3-2 up. I am. You get to go first. Now, you can score two points here, or I can give you a clue and you can have one point. I love it already. So, who put a plush Simba soft toy on the table? A plush Simba soft toy. There was a guy that had a thing about lions for a while, and that was Jake Cody. I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna go for the clue. The clue is he was a German pro who made the final table of EPT Six London. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Ryan's Heinz Kaboot. Why did you put your thumbs down before I even said the? I knew you weren't gonna get it, uh, Marshall. You can Ryan, steal. Ryan Heinz Kaboot, by the way, is the German beer law. You can steal for a point. So, jokes on you. Uh, man, I even watched that show. Uh, yeah, how long have you been watching for, Marshall? Uh, the live stream? Or, or just the, an EPT in general? Like, have you seen even be way, all the way back to season six? Uh, I've been steadily watching since, you know, I kind of am the student, so I don't have to do as much work. Okay, all right. Well, I just uh, want to make sure uh, that you get some frame of reference here, because I want you to win. Who is Andre Klebanov? Why, wait, Marsha, why did you go with the Jeopardy? Have you been watching too much Alex Jacob <laughs> on Jeopardy? Who know. is Martin Klebanov? That's, that's right. You could just say the answers. So no okay. one's on the board yet. So here's your question, Marshall. And remember, you get two points if you don't need the clue, one point if you, need, if you utilize that clue. Who put a statue of Buddha on the table? Uh, I'm going to take the clue. The clue is he is a former World Series of Poker main event finalist and he was playing an EPT-3 Barden. And the fact that it's Buddha is a big clue. Who is Andy Black? Correct for a point. Marshall Yu is on the board. Would have gotten that one. God damn it! Joe, who put a small grapefruit on the table? Who put a small grapefruit on the table? Who do I know that loves citrus? Who is grapefruity? A, a large or a small grapefruit? A small grapefruit. A small grapefruit. I'll take it the clue. It was mistaken for an orange at the I'll time. Take, I'll take the clue. The clue is he was an American FPP qualifier who made the final table of EPT1 Doville. Uh, oh, 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 oh. The soldier guy. Fuck. What's his name? I won't give you a point for the soldier guy. Sorry. Brad Stanton. <laughs> Marshall, you can steal for one point. Shit! Uh... Fuck, his name is going to come to me, too. I'm going to have to rush you. Who is... Brandon Schaefer. That's the guy. It is Brandon Schaefer. Gilly, from that, here's what we want to do for next week. Get, uh, get a sound effect for, like, a countdown or something, or, like, a timer, so after a certain amount of time goes by, you just play it. Marshall, you're 2-0 up, and it's your question. Who put a Balrog figurine on the table? 
who is Jan Oleg Shavik? Correct for two points. Wow, he got all three names. That uh, that was something. Marshall, you is four nil up, and uh, I think it's gonna be hard for you to get back into this, Joe. Oh, good for you. Who put a book of German poetry on the table? Oh, hold on. Hold on. What were you saying about the timer? Dang it. Dang it, dang it, dang it. Dang it, dang it. The guy who put the book of German poetry. Um, Hans von Klaufstein. Incorrect. Now, you can steal for two points here, Marshall, because Joe hasn't taken the clue yet. Oh, did I take the clue? God, I even got that wrong. (laughs) Um... I'm going to take the clue as well. He was a tall, laid-back German with glasses at EPT5 Dortmund. Hmm. It's a book of poetry. I honestly have no idea. The answer was Mark Gork. Ah, Mark Gork. He's my third favourite Gork. Final (laughs) question. Marshall, who put a plastic rat on the table? Lucian Cohen. Correct for two points. What a whitewash. 6-0 to the superfan. That is racist. That is unbelievable because the white guy loses. It's a white... That is really, (laughs) really wrong, James. And the good news is, Marshall, you are going to get that much-coveted Money Can't Buy Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. Nuts. Let's go. (laughs) Excellent. We will get your details. We will put that in the post. And you have definitely proved that you are a superfan. And you have definitely proved that for you, EPT is life. <laughs> Marshall Yu, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. Have a, have a nice day. We will have a good day too. Oh, God. I really got shellacked there. You asked him all the questions that I knew. So I was going to do Adventures in Online Poker, but the show's been long enough, and basically I played and I lost, and that was it. I played. <laughs> I played... I played the Sunday Storm. I lost. I played the other $11. You know, Sunday Storm was huge or something this week, right? Yeah. It was like uh, some anniversary Sunday Storm. Um, didn't win that. <laughs> played another $11 tournament. Didn't win that. <laughs> That's me crying. Fantastic. And then um, I decided I was going to like jump. I jumped in the Sunday million. That's what the uh, that's what good poker players say. I jumped in the Sunday million. And uh, was this after you'd already spent about six hundred dollars on satellites for this two hundred and fifteen dollars? No, I event? just I just bought right in. Like I was like, I kind of had like a date cooking up. And I was like, if the date doesn't materialize, then I'm just going to jump in the Sunday million. And that's what it did not materialize. So I jumped in the Sunday million and I doubled up. And then uh, I, I don't I think the hand's boring. Why, who cares about the hand? I'm out. I, I didn't win that either. Well, the good news is that there's a chance to play those tournaments every Sunday on PokerStars. All right, guys. Well, that is uh, all the time we've got for uh, for this week's show. We hope that you have uh, had yourself a time. I've had myself a time. Ben, time. He got. We got a double thumbs up from Ben. He's just happy that this you is over. Are never going to get a double thumbs up from Giles. You'd be lucky if you get half a thumbs up. Giles, did you enjoy it? He he curled his lip. Gilly's laughing, so we know he's happy. Not bad. Uh, so no show for two weeks Correct. because we're off to Monaco. 
Uh, and that means that you should be watching EPT Live. Remember, the 30th of April, right through up to and including the 8th of May, live coverage of the Super High Roller, the main event, and the FPS. And just really quick before we get out of here, I had a great idea while I was watching the Bubble Show, James. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard anyone doing this? A bubbleless tournament? Where, where Exactly. Where everyone cashes, you just cash for like, it's, it's, it's more of like a flat payout structure right so say for example it was a 100 dollars buy-in yeah what would i win you cash for like if you're the first guy you cash for five bucks oh so you get a little bit back you get a little bit back like everyone gets a little bit back and that way like even if you like so there's no bubble boy there's no lack because it seems really cruel that there's one person that gets nothing and then one person that almost doubles their money like if everyone just gets something wouldn't that be neat do you know what? Some people would do that because people chase flags. And if it meant that they got the little flag on Hendon Mob for cashing in a poker tournament, they would do oh, that. Oh, that would really fuck up everyone's scoring system, though, wouldn't it, for cashing in these tournaments? Do you know what? They we're going to put a pin in this. And when we get back from Monaco, we are going to activate the whole Pope and we're going to pitch this to Neil Johnson and get his reaction. Excellent. All right. Well, that's it. We are out of here, kids. For James Hardigan, this is Joe Stapleton saying, smell you later.